I just had an epiphany, Sam wrote. I have mild ADHD, not medicated, mostly manageable, except during church meetings. Honest to God, these are painful for me. Sitting for two or three hours is so challenging. And I'm the minister, so I need to at least appear to be paying attention. So I'm sitting in the meeting on Zoom, and I want to eat so bad. I'm realizing I use food as a way of focusing. I'm currently not hungry, but I'm fantasizing about the hand-to-mouth movement. It settles my anxious spirit. I always eat my way through church meetings. Often I have a bag of Skittles in my pocket. So I'm looking for other strategies. Does anyone else here have some coping skills? Mary Claire responded first to Sam's post, saying that it reminded her of the other posts we saw that week, where people were feeling like they had to do something they really didn't want to do. She continued, As minister, do you think people may be open to a change in the format for the meetings? Maybe you could shorten it or take some breaks? I suspect you're not the only one that feels that way. It sounds like cruel and unusual torture. I was thinking the same thing. Both that a two to three hour Zoom sounds like the stuff of nightmares, and that this post reminded me of all the ones we recently saw. Just a day earlier, Rochelle had brought up that if she's tired but her family wants to play a game, she'll eat continuously through the whole thing because she doesn't want to be playing a game. In the last episode, we discussed how food can be the crutch we lean on to get through situations that feel distressful. But in some cases, we turn to food to get through discomfort we could actually avoid or prevent. So that's what we're talking about this week. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. I agree, there are definitely situations we cannot possibly get out of, but it's not uncommon to include extra things in that category by telling ourselves we have to do some things which are actually optional. Take the example of playing a game with your family. If you really, truly don't want to play a game after dinner, you can say that you don't feel like it. You're allowed. Maybe the weekend would be better for you. Your family will not stop loving you because you wanted to lay down one time instead of play shoots and ladders. Maybe sometimes you'll feel like playing, and sometimes you won't. There's nothing that says you should say yes every time. It's not your job. Mary Claire and I hear this sort of dilemma often. Clients will say, I had to go to a baby shower, but I didn't want to be there, and I just ate way too much, counting the minutes until I could leave. Or, I had to sit through three softball games and a soccer tournament this weekend. I ended up binging just to have some time to myself. Or, My neighbors wanted us to come over for drinks on the patio, and the wife always insults me and makes racist comments, and I just dread going. I drank a whole bottle of wine just trying to block her out. When Mary Claire and I hear these stories, we just want to tell people you're allowed to decline an invitation. Saying no thanks some of the time might be worth it. If every week you drag yourself to one event you really and truly do not want to attend, and then you overeat to try and get through it, 
saying no just half the time would mean avoiding more than two dozen binges over a year. Besides, people, even young kids, can generally tell when someone doesn't want to be spending time with them, and that feels pretty rotten. In Sam's case, she decided to contact the volunteers who run the two- to three-hour-long Zoom meetings and discuss if it was possible to alternate who attends the meetings so she didn't have to be present for every single one. We also realized it would be worth asking if they could narrow the agenda or increase the frequency of the meetings so that they didn't have to be quite as lengthy. Lastly, it's also possible to discuss whether a walking meeting would suffice or at least a walking portion of the meeting. Could some people listen while they're on a stroll, instead of having to sit in front of the camera for two or three hours in a row? Sam was worried she might be the only one who was so exceedingly uncomfortable with the current setup. And we assured her, even if it was just her having anxiety and feeling so distressed that she had to self-medicate with candy, her feelings mattered enough to bring them up. We know this is tough. Speaking up about how we feel is hard. But you know what else is tough? Sitting, feeling trapped, and not saying anything. Feeling like we have to sneak candy into our mouths for three hours straight and fight to not show that we're anxious, angry, or bored? That's tough too. And when the frustrations we're talking about lead us to eat or drink to try and comfort ourselves, and our clothing gets tighter, and our joints hurt more, that's tough too. Speaking your mind gets easier every time you try it, and often it's not nearly as rough as you thought it would be. People aren't shocked to find out you have feelings, wants, and needs. Oh my god, she's human! They may even appreciate you beginning to share them. If you're in a situation that is feeling super difficult, it can also help to reflect on why you chose to be there. I know, sometimes we think, ugh, I have to be here. But in the literal sense, you don't have to be anywhere. You don't have to come to work, complete with the annoying hum of that radiator behind your desk in an office that is always freezing. You don't have to put up with your screeching three-year-old banging pots and pans. And you don't even have to pay the staggeringly large bill you just received from the orthodontist. You could have decided to stay home today and just not show up for work. Or you could have decided you don't want to take care of your children tonight and pay to babysitter. Or you could have decided you permanently wanted someone else to care for your children. Many children are parented by adoptive parents. You could shred the bill from the orthodontist, deciding just not to pay it. But then what? Well, you might lose your job. You might miss your children every day for the rest of your life. You might have your credit slashed by a collection agency that hunts you down over the unpaid bill. When you consider each of these alternatives, they have some very real downsides. So you chose to come to work. You chose to be present with your kids instead of getting a sitter or leaving them to fend for themselves and you chose to pull out the credit card and pay the orthodontist. So, yep, the downsides of the current situation are very real, and there you can bother us. But reminding ourselves that we do have options, and even running through those in our mind, can help us feel empowered and remind us why we are standing in the difficult spot that we are standing.
we can see that we're on a path, which includes some challenges. And now we are working our way through the challenges that our choices have brought us. Which brings me to my last point for today. We can accept and even appreciate difficult moments. Thoughts are what create urges. Changing our thought habits is a key to recovering from binge eating or emotional eating. And the number one spot most of our clients have unhelpful thought patterns lodged is when life is hard or uncomfortable. These thoughts often arise from the idea that difficulty or discomfort is a sign of something being wrong. Our thoughts may even imply that discomfort is bad for us, harmful, or injurious. I can't take this. I'm going to lose my mind. Or this isn't fair. These thoughts increase despair, and they lead to urges. But we can replace them. Difficulty isn't a sign of anything being wrong. It's a sign you're alive. It's also a sign you're trying to do meaningful things with your life. We aren't breaking or crumbling or dying when we get unhappy. We're just not comfortable. You can instead see yourself as a strong person who is gaining endurance from moving through resistance without quitting. That's a big switch from grumbling inside about how hard this is and how unfair and how we're too tired and need more help. I also find if we view the difficult parts of jobs and parenting as part of the package, which also includes a lot of meaning and joy, it's so much less despair-inducing. Nobody tells new parents, oh, you'll love having kids, it's a breeze. You never have to put in any effort at all. More often, when people discuss their experience as a parent, they acknowledge the extreme difficulty alongside the many ways it opened their eyes and taught them so much. Because the difficulty and the reward are inextricably linked. The challenges in life are often what make us grow. I responded to the clients in our Facebook group by pointing out that it's a beautiful thing they are choosing to read to their kids, give them baths every night, and play with them. Lots of parents don't do these things. They ensure the kids' basic survival and hands off. I see it as special and lovely that your values steer you that way. So yes, it's hard to be on your own in the evening with several young kids, but it's also showing so powerfully how much you love them. Because you don't have to do all those steps in the routine. You could tell the kids to go to their rooms and turn out the lights, but you're choosing not to. Doesn't that make you appreciate yourself in a lovely way? Some of my friends do obstacle course racing, and part of the allure of that sport is that it's hard. So why do people sign up and pay money to scramble over walls, haul themselves up ropes, and run mile after mile through difficult terrain? Because pushing our limits reminds us of our durability, our toughness, and how capable we are. It feels so good to see ourselves in action, to invite ourselves to rise to the occasion, and when we repeatedly practice using our strength and endurance, both increase. When it comes to appreciating the difficult moments in your life, rather than resisting them, consider the strongest, most capable people you know. I bet that invariably, you'll agree that these individuals have been really tested and challenged in life. 
Joyce responded to my suggestions on Facebook. This is an awesome remedy. Thanks for the recognition that my life can be challenging, but it comes with the gift of parenthood and a demanding job, which I'm also grateful for. I'm energized to try this out. I hope you are energized too, to try out these ideas and rise above your urges to compulsively eat or binge. Rise above them like scaling walls, because life is an obstacle course. Pride yourself on your toughness. Don't be afraid to feel uncomfortable at times. Moments of discomfort are part of achieving great things. I'm Georgie Fear, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.